Beat of Sports are brought to you by Gentry's Barbecue General Store, right beyond that Krispy Kreme Winter Park. Stop on by, see Chris Gentry. Was by there a couple of days ago. Lots of great things. If you're uh, taking your grilling game next level, Chris is also planning for uh, his annual Thanksgiving uh, opportunity for you to pick up some great barbecue. If you've never had like a smoked turkey breast from Gentry's, man, some ribs and other stuff. He's finalizing that menu, and we'll tell you details how you can order uh, in advance. Uh, LeJay Dusable, the former NFL vet, what's unique about the Dolphins and Niners offense and why San Francisco might be the most talented team because that defense is pretty darn good. That more with Deuce coming up in about uh, 20 minutes. Um, we are about halfway through the college football season. There are 14 teams that remain undefeated. And a lot of football left to be played. we got head-to-head matchups among the undefeated teams. Oregon and Washington uh, play on Saturday. Of course, we've got Ohio State and Michigan down the line if they are still undefeated. So a, a lot of football still to be played. But let's let's take a walk for a second, okay? Um, let's use Kyle for our example here. Kyle, you ready to play along here? Kyle, yes, I- sir. I- if we have, let's say, let's say in high school football, we have a four-team district. Okay. It's easy for us in a 10-game schedule to make sure that everybody plays everybody, so we would have three district games, right? Correct. And if we did that... Um, it's possible that everybody goes one and one until you play a third game, and then now someone. It, so, so, so you may have two teams that are two and one, two teams that are one and two, right? Well, what happens in a tiebreaker? What's the most natural tiebreaker when you have two teams that are two and one, and everybody played everybody? It would be head to head. Head to head. Let's expand and say that we have a district or a conference that has eight teams, mm-hmm. and we play everybody, and it's a seven game schedule. And we end up in a tie. Well, can we apply head-to-head? Well, you would play each other twice. Well, no, no. A seven-game Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes. You could play head-to-head. So so head-to-head. And, and okay, maybe we've got a tie. Maybe three teams are tied. Can we say, okay, if that happens, here's a a tiebreaker. Head-to-head matchup. Everybody played everybody. What did they do? Well, maybe the three teams all were one and one. Okay, then we'll say the next tiebreaker is record versus the highest uh, place team. Okay. There's sensible tiebreakers. Then what happens when your conference goes to, say, 12 teams? You're not playing everybody in your league. It would be 11 games, and no one plays an 11 game conference scheduled in college football. Well, what we've done in years past is we have two divisions of six. You play everybody in your division. Uh, then you've got games against teams in the other division, but it's not a balanced schedule, but there's a tiebreaker that's... Imp- what happens when your league continues to grow and you don't play everybody? When 12 becomes 14, 14 becomes 16, 16 becomes 18, and then you have a model that says... We're doing away with divisions because we want the two highest-ranked teams or the two top teams to play in a championship game so that when the playoff comes, we're going to get somebody into the playoff. What we don't want is one of those eight and four teams that wins a division that then gets into the uh, championship game, and they upset the undefeated team, and then they don't go to the playoff. Okay. So... Then everybody had the idea in college football, get rid of the divisions. And we'll just have, like soccer, we'll just have one big table. 
Except in soccer, particularly the Premier League and other European leagues, you play everybody twice and there's a balanced schedule. What do you do when you're only playing nine and in some cases eight games? What do you mean? Well, everyone's not playing everybody. Right. But we're still going to take the top two teams and they'll play in a championship game because we want the highest. I, I, I know what you said. But what do you do when you have ties and not everybody played everybody? What? What do you do when you have ties and not everybody played everybody? What's the chance of that happening? Well, let's go for a walk again. Quickly, 10 o'clock hour, WYJ Orlando, WJR HD2 Cocoa Beach, Orlando Sports Leader, Mark Daniels, and the Beat of Sports. Let me take it to the ACC, that conference that features two teams from our state. One, you know, had a blunder this past week. But right now, there are four undefeated teams in the ACC. A lot of football left to be played. Louisville, Florida State, North Carolina, Duke. Now, Duke's got all of them left in the schedule. And their quarterback is injured, and I don't think Duke's going to win out. But do you know this thing that Louisville, Florida State, North Carolina have in common? They don't play. At all. Scheduling quirk? Hey, this is the schedule. They don't play. We don't have the Atlantic and the Coastal Divisions anymore. So what happens? Imagine if your team went undefeated. Undefeated. Not just in the conference. Imagine if they went undefeated and sat 12-0. and And somebody had two non-conference losses. And was ten and two, and you didn't go to the conference championship. Wait, what? Yeah, somebody went twelve and zero. Somebody else went ten and two, and your team at twelve and zero didn't go to the conference championship. There are three teams right now in the ACC that don't play each other in Louisville, Florida State, North Carolina. They're three of the four undefeated teams. Um, Well, okay. What happens? It's a great question. Once you get past the, well, they didn't play each other, you work, you work your way down the tiebreakers. This right now is the tiebreaker that would come into play. Combined winning percentage of conference opponents. As of today... Florida State has the edge with 568. North Carolina 556, Louisville at 489. Do you know what happens if that tiebreaker doesn't settle it? Uh, then we go to the rating score from the Sports Source Analytics Group. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> huh? The Sports Source Analytics Group. That group is the group that each week gives the College Football Playoff Selection Committee all of that data that you hear about. All of that stuff about third down conversions on the road, um, effective drive uh, 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 performance per game. Takes into account, you know, throws out the meaningless plays where you're supposed to take an A. Um, Tosses out drives when the game's five touchdowns apart. 
All of that data comes from Sports Source Analytics. They apply all that data, and, and then they'll spit out rankings. And if it gets down to that, that's how it may be decided. And by the way, if that doesn't work, coin toss or commissioner choice? I don't think we're going to get that far. But the point is, there is no tiebreaker when it comes to the matchups here because they don't play. Wow, that'll be kind of a crazy year in the ACC. Uh, who said we're done? <laughs> Let us take you to the Big Ten. In the Big Ten, right now, they still have divisions. There's an East and West. In the East, Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State are undefeated. Now, they're going to play, but they can all end up with one loss. Uh, really? Yeah, they can. Ohio State beats Penn State. Penn State beats Michigan. Michigan beats Ohio State. Maybe it happens. Uh, then what? Well, tiebreakers. Well, what happens uh, uh, then? Well, the Big Ten tiebreaker is the following when it comes to three teams in a division. The records of the three or more teams will be compared based on the best cumulative conference winning percentage of non-divisional opponents. Right now, Penn State wins that one. Uh, it's three West Division opponents, or 10-8, and eight, Ohio State, 9-8, Michigan, 8-10. and 10. You could throw Maryland in the mix there, but that could get complicated. Wow, that'd be kind of crazy. Wait, we're still not done. <laughs> Let us take it to the Pac-12 where the cannibalization is getting underway. Oregon plays Washington uh, this week. Well, someone's going to get a loss. Then you got USC sitting out there. So what happens in the scenario if the Pac-12 ends up with a bunch of teams that find itself losing just one time? Because you know what happened in the Pac-12? They got rid of divisions. There's no longer north and south. So you will end up with another scenario for tiebreakers. Uh, they have a similar tiebreaker the, uh, like the ACC. Winning percentage of conference opponents. At the moment, Oregon and Washington has a slight advantage over USC. By the way, the same deal. If it ends up a tie there, they go to the sports source analytic rankings. And Utah's not in the mix there either. That is going to become more common in these 16 and 18 team leagues. You don't play everybody. We don't have divisions anymore. So I often joke that my dream scenario in the National Football League is for someone to be 0-6 in their division and win the division because we go by overall record and the team that went 6-0 in a division not win it. But in college football, as we continue to expand leagues, you're going to end up with more situations of tiebreakers that come into play. And as extreme as it sounds, can you imagine the day that you have an undefeated team not make a conference championship because of one of these tiebreakers? And you will say, but they'll make the playoff anyway. That's true. But remember, the model we have now rewards a conference champion and gives them the favorable seeding where you could send that 12-0 team and do the opening round to play an additional game. 
that's likely what conferences are going to deal with. Let me throw also one other thing um, that well-known, respected writer David Teal in ACC Country uh, writes in his latest piece that was in the Richmond Times-Dispatch today. Uh, He's got some of the details of the ACC's seven-year schedule rotation as they bring in Cal, Stanford, and SMU. And the conference is limiting the number of trips to California that teams on the East Coast will make. It means that Stanford, Cal, and SMU will play each other every single year. They'll limit the number of times that you could uh, go west. But the addition of these schools will also reduce the number of games that teams like Florida State and Miami play against Notre Dame. And I read David's piece twice, and I was dizzy because of the model that they're putting into play. Again, you continue to expand leagues, you end up with scenarios where tiebreakers sometimes go three, four deep, and it'll come. The day will come that someone with one or zero losses is on the outside of a conference championship because of a tiebreaker because everybody didn't play everybody. The Jay Doosable. Look at the NFL and what's happening there with the best teams and some other news from the pigskin world next. 